Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. changing the world. So glad to uh, have another episode. This is Akua Walker, pediatric nurse practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer. Excited to have another episode that is going to focus in on health and encouragement, on how we can kind of build that that healthy perspective and that healthy lifestyle, especially, you know, at the start of a, a new year. So before we launch in, I'd like to share a proverb. And since our guest has roots in Jamaica, I decided to share a Jamaican saying or proverb today. Count your blessings and do not take what you have for granted. Others may just be hoping they had what you have. I'll say it again. Count your blessings and do not take what you have for granted. Others may just be hoping they had what you have. And so I'm very excited to welcome Lee Forrester, a nurse and health coach, to today's episode. Hello, Lee. How are you? Hi there, Akua. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Uh, as we get started, I'll go ahead and share a little bit about Lee's background. She, as I mentioned earlier, is a nurse trained in the UK, where she was born and raised to Caribbean Jamaican parents. She's worked in the Bay Area now for several years in the acute care setting and felt some unrest and wanted to branch out into a more holistic approach to healthcare and disease prevention. While at the gym working out near a woman who works in human resources for the company that hired her eventually, she got an opportunity to work for a medical startup that focuses on metabolic and hormonal imbalances, supporting individuals with weight loss. It became very clear very quickly that this was her passion. Alongside this, she became certified as a personal trainer and now primarily helps women in their 40s and 50s in that nothing I do changes my weight stage of life and the frustrations that they experience in not getting into their clothes, not feeling good about their bodies, lacking energy and vitality. On the home front, she has two daughters who are college age, one who just graduated in 2020, And they're young ladies that she's very proud of. In the community, she has worked with women who are going through very challenging times. And she's helped them feel seen and cared for in a personal care kind of way. She's had tons of fun working in Sunday school, teaching children as young as pre-K in elementary ages. And she finds that very thrilling and rewarding. And that is actually how I know Lee. She was the Sunday school teacher for my older daughter for many years at our church here in the Bay Area. And I'm so thankful to her for you know, partnering with our family and, you know, a very special teaching 
you know, uh, children about some of our faith and our values. And so I owe her a tremendous debt of gratitude <laughs> for that role that she's, she played. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad that she's here today. So Lee, why don't you tell me, you know, a little bit about, let's start off with, you know, how you impact children. We just kind of mentioned, you know, in, in the church setting, but tell us a little bit about your background, how you impact children in your home and as a mom, kind of from the beginning of your journey to now. Is it what you expected? Sure. What I expected, I'm not really sure what I expected. I did have some ideas about the ways I did want to parent and the ways I did not want to parent based on the way I was raised. So taking the things I enjoyed and some things I definitely wanted to tweak, having a little bit more of a conversation perhaps with my children and kind of being in tune with their thoughts and feelings. I also did that when I worked with children at the church and just literally getting down to their height and just, you know, having a conversation and having them feel heard. It doesn't mean that they will necessarily be the victor in whatever decision is going to be made, (laughs) but, you know, having that conversation with them and just seeing where they're coming from, you know, and uh, letting them know that you, you're pondering at least their, their thoughts and feelings about things. Yeah. That's a great way to get started because we all want to feel heard, you know, no matter what we're going through and no matter what stage we are. And I think children, especially their world is so immediate and it's so around them that if you're bringing in a bunch of other things that they aren't as, you know, they don't, they don't care as much about, and, you know, it's about what they want right then, right now. <laughs> right. And so that's a really Absolutely. important start to remind us about really trying to get on their level to hear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, tell, tell us what it was like, you know, I guess forming, you know, your, what it was like to be a mom here, raising your children versus maybe what it was like to be raised in the UK, since many of us are coming from the American perspective. Right. So coming from the UK, so very obviously a very British approach to all things, and then having immigrant parents who are in a new country, I'm first generation, so they have their different approach to things. They want you to be more like they are or what they would have been had they raised you in their homeland. And that doesn't always work. You're in a new land with new ways and new people and new ways of doing things. So there seem to be always a bit of a bit of clash in, in their approach and what I saw my English friends having, doing, saying. It, it was very apparent, certainly by school age, that things, our worlds were very different. And again, I come here as an immigrant with these backgrounds and I'm also in a new land with different ways and trying to blend all of those things and, and make it all even and good as I raise my children. But the nice thing is you can pick and choose what aspects you like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you do have choices and that's the cool part. If you're conscious of what it is you're choosing to do. Do. Yeah. I think that's something that, you know, we, you know, have in common in that I, I did feel here coming from Ghana um, as a very young child. I, I do remember seeing, you know, what, you know, we, how we lived in our home and, and really my parents, you know, brought mm-hmm. Ghana, Ghana, as much of Ghana with them, right. As, as they knew, cause that's what For they sure. knew. 
Yeah, and how things worked in a lot of my other friends and schoolmates' homes. And I, I did see that difference. Exactly. And, and there can be, you know, that that disconnect for sure. And so, you know, I guess what what do you feel like you brought with you or what what kinds of things did you, you know, choose to to bring into your own way of mothering, you know, your own children? Right. So Definitely. So as a child growing up in England from a very, very early stage, manners are so big. It's so important. It is, you can barely talk, but you will, you will have some manners. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole please and thank you is very early and the way that parents are, are addressed when you call a child, not in a fearful I we must come running kind of way but there are some things that are super important that will help the child going forward in life in general I I felt there was the simple things of life it was the way we sat at the table it was the way we ate our meals it's the way we behaved it's the way where we're going to eat and where we're not going to eat you know if you decide to get away from the table and run around the house then you're clearly saying I've had enough to eat and I'm done with this meal uh, the meal is not going with you. Right. And the way that they would address other adults. So there was, there was a lot of that. And certainly that was a very big part of my early childhood. Yeah. And your daughters uh, who are older now have given you some feedback about that. <laughs> they, yes. One told me just recently that she said, you taught me well. I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Right then, good. You know, you have to. You might have to wait a very long time for this feedback from them. It's you know, you know, a young lady now, but it, you know, it, it came and it was great. But I'm glad she now finally recognizes that. Right, um, right. And some of her friends and peers point out, why do you do things so? Why are you so proper? Or why do you do this? Or why do you do that? Well, that's, of course, that's pretty much all she knows. Um, <laughs> right. And I'm glad that she she chose to adapt those things even though they make her stand out, but not in a negative light. It's right, just, you know, it's different. Right. It's all, you know, what, what you know, you know. Right, right. And, you know, when you stand out kind of in a, in a positive way, right, it, it, it does impact how people kind of perceive you and impact how people relate to you. And it could be the difference, right, between, you know, being the top on the list to be hired, right, versus, exactly. you know, versus not, right. And so sometimes it's some of these basic things, right. And we sometimes take manners for granted, or take the please and thank yous and the respect, you know, aspects for granted. And so it's a, you know, good call not to, you know, not to forget about that, especially when they're young, when you can just make that a part of how we do things. Exactly. A part of how we do things. So it becomes normalcy. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is challenging to be consistent with young children. Sometimes it's easy mm-hmm. to just let things go, but, but yeah. it was so strongly built into the way I grew up. It would be, I would have to make a big effort to not carry that forward with my own children. children. Sure, sure. So, you know, as we begin to talk a little bit now about, you know, race and, you know, empathy and how we talk to our children about that, mm-hmm. why don't you, you know, tell us about the kind of ethnic makeup of, of your children and your family and, and then how you talked with them about race growing up? Yeah, that was very interesting. You know, they didn't see, certainly didn't see any too many people that look like myself. I don't have any extended family here. The nearest family I have is on the East Coast. And otherwise, pretty much most people are in the UK. So they didn't really see my side of the family. 
They saw their dad, who was of Russian Jew descent, and so they saw his family. And then certainly at school, there was some diversity, but not necessarily seeing, you know, my side represented. One of my children did ask me, I think she might have been in kindergarten, and she said, I'm the only one that has curly hair, she pointed out one day. Mm-hmm. Other people had her color hair, but not her texture of hair. So she picked up on that. She's an artist from a very early age. So it made sense that she, she, that was something she noticed right away. And so we made a big effort to take the children home every summer so that they could feel a part of my side of the family too and know Caribbean culture and food and, and just, and feel comfortable and feel like that they were a part of that. Mm-hmm. By the same token, I, I think I just kind of allowed them to experience the world as they saw it and did not really, I didn't want to portray any views that I might have. I would rather see things through their lens. And if something came up, we'd have a conversation about it rather than, mm-hmm. you know, there's things that you may have feelings about one way or the other, but I try and think, well, what is behind that? Is that just my personal bias? Is there something to that? Is there safety involved? Because if it's not consequential at this point, then I'm just going to let, see where that goes naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they would play outside roly polies. I don't like roly polies, <laughs> but the long and short of it is, it was not dangerous. It was not harmful. It was not bad. You wash your hands when you came in the house. So should I use my bias to not let them touch it? Because indeed they were having fun with it and it wasn't harmful. So bit my tongue and just let them do that because right at that time it was not of consequence. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, since the, uh, most of our listeners will hear this and they don't, you know, see, you know, what you look like or what your daughters look right, like. Right, right. Describe right. They, what you and they look like now. They both look very different. They both look they describe themselves as a picture of them and their dad. And dad looks clearly very Jewish. And the and picture was, of you met, them with him as young kids. Yeah. He was going to say he, he was, he was from the Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And I met him here in the Bay Area. And so there's this picture of him with them. And they have a little tagline at the bottom. And it says, and they put this on themselves, it says, old Jewish man with vaguely ethnic kids. (laughs) And that's their perception of themselves, which was pretty funny. And they did look kind of vaguely ethnic, and they really didn't look like anything specifically as such. One of them, depending on what she does with her hair and who she hangs out with, she can look Persian, she can look Indian, she can look like a lot of different things, nothing in particular. And then my other one, again, depending on what she does with her hair, vaguely ethnic, maybe Hispanic. It was It's Hard to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, teachers at school would speak to her in Spanish, even though just she didn't have a Spanish last name, and <laughs> they just, just this kind of made that assumption. By looking, looking at um, yeah. by looking, so it, it was it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. They didn't see a lot of me around them, mm-hmm. other than the church we attended, which was great, and that was kind of one of the reasons I went there because I wanted mm-hmm. them to feel like they fit in. There were many other people that looked like them. Right, right. Whether, you know, it's uh, fair skin, you know, African descent or darker skin, you know, it really is a, Correct. a rainbow of even what it right. means to be, you know, from the African diaspora. And so... Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. And they've, you know, kind of carried, some of them have carried the Jewish aspect in your children, in your daughters. They have. So 
we celebrate Hanukkah. They do like that. Um, a younger one definitely mm-hmm. identifies as Jamaican and Russian Jew. That's how she mm-hmm. sees herself. Um, mm-hmm. She wears a little necklace with a Hebrew word on there, which we love because wherever she goes, if a Jewish person sees it, what's really amazing is that despite her you know, looking brown, they will identify with her because of that and basically include her in the fold and like, she's one of ours kind of thing. And she absolutely loves that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, she thinks that's very, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's another kind of beautiful thing about how small this world can be in that, you know, you can have these touch points, these touchstones that regardless of what you look like, Right. There are Mm -hmm. things that can connect you with people all around the world. Absolutely. And it's it's really unique. She's been to Israel and she said they were so welcoming people from different places and different ethnicities within them. But they all had a Jewish connection and the people just embraced them in despite what however they looked, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, well kind of lovely. Right, right, right. And I, I also like how you, you know, made it a point to travel with them, you know, take them back home. So they, you know, though they were born, you know, here and in America, you know, they had a regular connection with the relatives and, you know, your upbringing, your community. What, what part of the UK generally, you know, would you travel to? Really? Uh, yeah, we would go to London often and go some see some of the sites. We always made a point of going to somewhere we hadn't been before. And then we would go to, you know, my small-ish town in the middle of England when nothing really amazing happens. It's just a small <laughs> town where I happen to be born. Right, um, right. I wouldn't send anybody there necessarily. <laughs> but they got to see normal life. They got to ride on the mm-hmm. bus, which they thought was thrilling. They got to go mm-hmm. on the trains and they got mm-hmm. to be downtown and now it's really paid off because especially the younger one she's gone there by herself and she feels very comfortable and she has her own connection with our extended family members because of the the time that we built that over the years and now she has her own relationship with them which is you know ideally what you want the next generation to connect with their extended family when we're not there to facilitate that yeah Yeah, that's great. And I think growing up, you know, in a a different country than I was born, I definitely longed for those connections. You know, we, you know, didn't have Mm -hmm. a chance to go back to Ghana much when I was younger. And so I definitely miss that. And I have family all over the world, including, you know, the UK, and I have a chance to visit a few of them. And then, New, you know, like East Coast and that kind of thing. So those are really special times when you know, you can make that that trip or they can make a trip to visit or come through where you are and mm-hmm. make those connections happen. So it sounds like it's in many ways paid off in their identity, you know, who they identify as and, you know, how they carry themselves right. in this world. I, I, I feel like it has. Yeah. I, I do feel like it has. Even even this Christmas, they both wanted Caribbean food for Christmas <laughs> dinner. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, shifting now to the topic of food and, you know, and health, Mm -hmm. you know, that is another, you know, big passion of yours. Why don't you, you know, tell us, you know, how you, you know, yourself try to bring about health and some ideas that, you know, we can, we can take from that and then tell us how you work with others to achieve that. Right, right. Food is always been, you know, all of us have our food, food journey and what, have an issue we may have had even from childhood. Had you seen me as a child, 
you might have said I was a well-nourished child, um, <laughs> possibly overly nourished. <laughs> and so I, I get the, the, the battle and the journey with, with the love of food and perhaps that food doesn't love you quite as well back. You know, I call it a case of unrequited love. I love you. I love you, but you're not nice to me. Look what you did. <laughs> um, and so I didn't want to have food fights with my children. Food is supposed to be a blessing. It's nourishing to the body. It's a good thing. And I don't want mealtimes to be like a war zone. So, you know, I did introduce them to lots of things. I did do a little sneaky chef kind of things where I'd incorporate things into the food that they didn't see because they just completely disappeared. You can make a zucchini disappear in pizza sauce very easily. You don't see it. You don't taste it. It's incredible. Now you've got vegetable and fiber in this pizza sauce and nobody knows. Um, <laughs> just don't let them see you do it, of course, right. and then, it, it, then, they'll, then they'll know. Um, so I found creative ways to get nutrients in the body. And then there was no food fight anymore. It was a beautiful yeah. thing. I just snuck things in there in a way that was undetectable to get protein, to get fiber, to get vegetables and what have you. And that's kind of how we went about it. Um, all of us ate eventually very yes and as they grew up we all went on very different paths with food so one became vegan one's vegetarian and i'm and i'm eating animal protein so all very different and trying to find ways to feed everybody and not be you know a short order chef and make different things for different people so having some food items in common that we could use as a base and then tweak it at the end so everybody had was eating according to their chosen eating style at that time and keeping it very simple too. I'm not big. I would say I'm not big on cooking as such. I like to put things together. I'll make things quite simply. I find having some staples in the house or things that people like and can very easily put things together. I am definitely a one skillet kind of gal. And most everything I do will go in that one big 12 inch skillet. I'll live by a skillet. <laughs> and then with clients that I work with, it's also along the same line, finding food that's good for you, that you enjoy, that works with your life, lifestyle, hours you work, hours you don't work, feeding your family and making it making it happen and not be a big, complicated, stressful issue. And I love, love helping people navigate that part because whatever they say, whether I don't cook or, you know, so-and-so only eats this way at my house or I work long hours. I love telling them specifically, you can buy this, you can get this, you put this in this and you mix this together. So real life answers and responses to their concerns so they can leave and go home and feel like they can be successful, eat well and still be happy with their choices. Yeah. So yeah, that is sustainable, uh, mm -hmm. ultimately. And yeah, we have to think long term, you know, sustainability for sure. And I think a lot of moms you know are finding themselves in a place where children are, are getting pickier and pickier and they're only wanting to eat the chicken nuggets and the mac and cheese right and so right i think that can it can be you know to avoid the food battles it can you know get to a point where it's just easier to you know pull out the pizza and the hamburgers right way often more often than we'd like to admit right but i think you know i, I think you know, whatever tips you can help us with there, I think would be great. I mean, I, 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 I when you mentioned the, the, you know, kind of getting things in, I remember, I, I love to just grate, like you can grate carrots 
and even the zucchinis into just about anything. Correct. And it just adds its own, it just kind of cooks down, softens up, and it adds a, just a nice sweetness. Exactly. You know, a natural sweetness to, to things. So I'll do that exactly. to taco, you know, you know, grounds or meats or, you know, we usually use turkey, ground turkey, you know, to do that. So I think those are, can be really fun, you know, ways to just add quickly, easily add a little bit of, you know, some, some natural fiber, like you mentioned, and exactly. and add some color, right, to things. Exactly, and so, exactly. Yeah, our, and the, the starters, you had mentioned some of the starter kits as well, when we talked to you before, from you know, Trader Joe's or Trader you know, Joe's Costco. has some great things. And yes, and basic good foods that you can, you know, you can adapt. I like to have some staples in the freezer that I can use, you know, maybe it's so uh, they have like a Japanese mm-hmm. fried rice thing with vegetables in there, but you can add something to that as well. If you want, you can add your ground meat to that. If you want, you can have other, other, other vegetables that if you, to that, if you want, you could add some cauliflower rice to that. So you're in adding to something that's already seasoned and tastes good. And it just kind of blends in there. And I'll, I'll often do that even now for my big kids. I throw that thing in the skillet and then say, what else am I going to throw in there? Oh, we got some of these veggies, put some of that in there and make it, you know, it's at the seat of my pants. Often I don't necessarily have a recipe or a plan. I'm, I've discovered I'm not much of a meal planner. I'll just really just put things together. And they're all things that you already like. So it, it's not like you already know that the things you're putting together are stuff that you like. Um, and then you get a couple of uh, two or three different things that work and you'll rotate those. Right, right. Yeah, you know, we've taken to some of the salad kits as well, and or mm-hmm. you can even just those have are the great ingredients. Yes, and so then the girls can do it as well themselves, right? They, you know, my I have a ten-year-old now and seven-year-old. They can, you know, kind of wow. put all those pieces together. But that is also a start. You know, we can grate that carrot in there, or we can, you know, chop up whatever you know their favorite add-ins are. And so I, I do love that idea. And if you know, we eat what we see. And that's something that I right. encourage families with often is that if we never see the salad on yes. the table, you know, on the table because right. or, you know, because nobody's eaten it, you know, that it's hard to gain, you know, a place in our palate and our, our diet for it. So I encourage right. families often to just put it out there every, you know, every meal. Put it out right. There. And yeah. Right. Like, it's the power of suggestion too. It's mm-hmm. if it's just on the table and you can put mm-hmm. like, you know, those restaurants that used to have like the conveyor belt kind of thing oh, where you right. you went along with your tray and put a this a bit of that and a bit of this right. those are great places when they were little too because they make could make a big mess and you could try lots of different things without <laughs> having to right. actually buy them that's right, right? or the but you put them in susan small that turns around the lazy susan yeah. on, the, on the table and they can pick and choose and feel like they're having a say even though and you don't have to say anything we would make it a little bit of a competition when they were younger and i would ask mm-hmm. them well i would just say I've got three colors on my plate. How many colors do you have? And of course, everybody wants to upstage everybody. So um, I've got four colors on my plate. Right, right. I love it. I love it. And yeah, when you can make it a game, when you can make it playful. Right. That is is so delightful. And getting the kids in the kitchen, you know, is is another thing. Mm -hmm. I have to just celebrate my children this morning surprised us. I'm like, we're going to make breakfast. Don't come in the kitchen. Oh. And so it was like, oh, yes, this is this is a dream coming true right now. <laughs> and they right. like, they decorated because it, you know, it, it's the Aww. first, I guess, you know, chance that they had to be in there and they had tickets. 
and nameplates and they just went all out. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, you know, we've had them in the kitchen with us as much as possible over the years and they've seen us put Mm -hmm. kind of celebrations together, right. For, for them. And so it was a really, really touching thing to walk into the the kitchen and have them present what they had, had put together for us. And it's good so, for them to see that there is a process to how this all happens. It just yes. doesn't just appear. Yeah, and they, they get a, hopefully an appreciation. Well. That's right. Yeah, they wow. made kind of like a menu of, when they were planning. You know, like what what are we going to make for breakfast? You know, and they showed it to right. us afterwards. Yeah, it is a process, and so yeah, children again can't really, like you said, appreciate it unless they're they're involved in it. And it, it is messier. exactly. It does take longer, but that's it's messier. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. It's all teaching points. We can talk about that too as we go exactly. along, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So really, yeah, really glad that we we make that investment and, and I encourage families to to just just be consistent as, as much as possible. Having grace, you know, for ourselves as well. It's not gonna go perfect all the time. Exactly. But but we try. No. We set that intention. Yeah. Yeah, good. And what about snacks? You know, with a lot of us being home more, it's yes. easy to to fall into the, you know, the potato chip, <laughs> you know, snack rut, you know, uh, or reaching for, you know, the, the temptation comfort foods. So when you're working with moms, you know, in that stage of life with their families, you know, what, what do you, what tips do you have there? I tend them to try and gravitate toward actually healthy fats and proteins. Proteins are really good and will help you curb that craving for other things. And giving, you know, if you can have dairy, that's fine, or cold cuts and, you know, uh, your prosciutto or salami or cheese, some of the lower glycemic index fruits with your, say, your yogurt or some whole whipping cream. I told somebody today even she wanted some ideas as to what to do with her berries and I said well back on the continent where I came from we would have that with fresh cream on those berries it's rather a luxe (laughs) kind of thing (laughs) right but uh here I know people like to put those on their yogurt I try to stick a protein in healthy fat for the most part Mm -hmm. yeah now we've got the air fryers you can do you know sweet potato fries Mm -hmm. and have it in a dip or something like that my kids actually like a lot of roasted veggies on the cookie sheet and mm-hmm. they never made it anywhere past the cookie sheet. They just literally got eaten from there yeah. <laughs> um, of whatever kind. Yeah. But there's lots of really good, even plant-based snacks now that the kids can enjoy. They don't always have to be super dense, carby, and certainly mm-hmm. sugary if it you know, can be avoided. There's a sure. time and place, of course. Sure, sure, yeah, the... Another fun thing that you can get kids involved with is the granola and even making granola. My my husband has, you know, started doing that and it, you know, you get a couple of the nuts that everybody likes and sure. a couple of the, you know, oats and the whole grains and then a healthy fat and not too much sugar because the natural sweetness of things like the raisins exactly. or whatever, you know, comes through. Right. So that can be a really fun way and you can control what's in there versus, you know, if you get it off the shelf and have to just kind of go with whatever exactly. was put in there. You right. make a big batch that can last I mean, quite a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Even something as simple as a green apple, like a Pippin or Granny Smith slice with a sprinkle of, you know, maybe put, maybe put some butter or some brown sugar on that and bake that. It'll come out tasting like apple pie. Yeah. And 
you don't have the pastry on there, but it's still pretty downright delicious. Yeah, that baked apple perfect. A baked apple, it's right. And then you yeah. can still put a little some other little treaty thing on there. But it's it's very easy to make and the kids can be a part of that and they get reward. They get this thing that comes out the oven that they help to, you know, uh, cut or peel or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. We've done we've also done apple chips where you thin slice the Mm -hmm. apples and you put it on the baking tray at low temperature for a while. And I I think one of them wanted cinnamon on half, but the other one didn't. So we we had we did half and half. And yeah, that also was a fun, quite easy delicious you know way to change up the apple as a as a snacky exactly mm-hmm. and nice and warm this time of year so it's kind of really mm-hmm. kind of a nice dessert even after dinner say yes yes and oh one more kind of meal one that comes to mind for the for the more winter times of year is the soup and the soup Soups. you know kind of a chicken soup or a you know tomato soup mm-hmm. like my, my girls really like that and that's another you know pretty fairly easy one to make Mm-hmm. You know, and throw together with what that you know the basic veggies you have in the kitchen, right. in the refrigerator. Yeah, and and they don't have to be made from scratch as such. Again, soup can be put together. So if you put rotisserie chicken in there and put in your veggies in there, whether ready chopped or they were you know freezer vegetables, what have you, with your broth and anything you have that you can't really go wrong, yeah. and you can put soup together in a very quick. I mean. 15 minutes or less mm-hmm. so you don't have to make everything mm-hmm. like from, yeah yeah that takes you know a long 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 time and have to sit unless you have like a an instapot which is another exactly. kind of <laughs> you know miracle one pot you know wonder that right we like to to use when we can in these these winter months especially yeah they're perfect great. yeah great yeah, so you know, as we you know start winding down, you have you're launching your young mm-hmm. adults in this season, and I think you know we've come out of 2020 in a very interesting time to be launching into the world, and I my heart definitely you know goes out to the teens and the the you know twenties who are mm-hmm. really navigating and trying to find their way mm-hmm. in that in this in this kind of world that we live in because of the pandemic and everything kind of slowing down and not being what we, you know, used to take for granted, you know, back to, to that quote again, right from the beginning. And so I'm, yeah, I'm curious, you know, how that's going and what advice you might have, you know, for parents with the teens and young adults in supporting them in this transition. Yeah, it, it, it is a, it is a, a challenging time for all. I, I, I honestly believe that children often will respond and get feedback from their parents. Even if you're not saying something directly, they do feed into your stress and your anxiety and what they overhear you talking about. And so I think it's a good time to have really good conversations with children, and but also find other ways to redirect and do other activities that are fun and healthy, relaxing, and not just focus on what we can't do or what we don't have right now. And perhaps what we do have and what we can do, there's still lots of things we can do. There's lots of opportunities. We're in the Bay Area where there's the weather's pretty downright amazing. You know, what creative thing can you do in your backyard or in your neighborhood or on a trail somewhere? It's a great time to teach them some coping skills and to, you know, develop some grit. And, you know, what are we going to be when we come out of this? How are we going to be? What's it? 
you know, I, it's all about, as with anything, I believe, how you present things to them. And they sometimes, it's, you know, it's what they say, it's not taught, it's caught. So it's also a lot of feedback and energy that they get from you when anything's happening. And what do you want them to take away from this season? Because there's a lot of, you know, obviously anxiety and stress and worry. But what can we do is what I like to focus on. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. And that focus on what we do have control over. Correct. Is huge, is huge because we end up kind of losing time, you know, and wasting time if, you know, if we are only focusing on what we don't have control over and what we we can't do. And so I think that, you know, an interesting thing about this time is it is really challenging us to ask, you know, what is, what are the essential jobs or like, what are the essential roles, you know, and what are the ways that we might use the internet, right. right, To make those connections happen creatively, because sometimes, you know, necessity, you know, that mother of invention and it's, you know, some of the best ideas I think are coming out of this time. Exactly right. In ways that we remember. Yeah, we wouldn't have it before. We wouldn't have had it before, and it would have been a very, very different story. I remember seeing a lady from my neighborhood who has several young children, and sometime during last year, they were walking just around our immediate neighborhood, and they were helping with litter in the neighborhood, and her young children were learning how to you know, feel some love for their, our immediate neighborhood and checking on various neighbors and meeting and greeting, and I just thought it was really quite charming. I'm not saying you necessarily have to do that, but getting think kids to think outside of themselves. Yes, I was just going to say, yeah, that reminds me. I think one of a uh, friend on Facebook had her daughter make like little, almost like library bags of, you know, some of their, their favorite children's books and some coloring pages yeah. and some crayons. And they, you know, kind of did a, a doorbell drop for, you know, kids in the neighborhood, you know, with their masks and everything like that, just so kids, you know, had something to do, you know, when I think it was, you know, when the child was, you know, feeling a little down about something. And so it's really great that they, you know, like you said, creative ways to think outside. Creative ways. And really get, yeah, get out there and, and to love our neighbors in ways that we, you know, maybe just didn't do before because we were so busy. Right. Especially if they are maybe living alone or they're perhaps seniors, mm-hmm. uh, what have you. It's easy when we have a unit in our house, we have our own little camp. But what about those that perhaps don't? And it's just, just ways to teach children awareness of others and empathy and care. And, you know, they'll follow your lead pretty much. Yeah, yeah that's great. Great reminder. Thank you. So, yes, as we're, you know, as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up here, you know, I, I see you as a mom in changing the world using your voice in, in great ways with, you know, teaching children in Sunday school to coaching, you know, moms and women in that, that, you know, mid kind of middle age season of life. And as a nurse, using your, your nursing background, how do you, you know, juggle and find balance in all that you're doing? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question. I, it's something that I do teach women and especially mothers to see themselves as a whole unit you can be mother you can be corporate lady you can be a lot of things but I really encourage women to not lose themselves in the mix 
and that you really can't give from an empty vessel. So you really need to take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul, and to also allow your children to see you as a person. You are mommy, but you are a person too. You have needs too. Maybe you need to put your feet up. Maybe you need to sit with a cup of tea. Maybe you need a, a moment sit in the bathtub maybe you need to go for a walk but you have needs too just like they do and just encouraging them from a very early age to see you as a whole person and not feel guilty that you're taking care of yourself yeah and i i think our kind of i think american culture especially is you know it's kind of hard on hard on us in that way and we have it ingrained that it's it's selfish to take time for ourselves when really, like you said, it's it's self-care and self-sustaining to to fill our our cups, fill our vessels. So there's something left to give. And, you know, mental health is a big, you know, big thing right now where, you know, I think the lack of self-care ends up manifesting right in in ways that our, our mind and, and body you know they they tell us you know when when we're pushed to the limit or when we're running on right and sometimes even in my health coaching i'm really coaching ladies on self-care often it's not necessarily anything about eating drinking or exercise it's about it's about self-care and i and i'll ask them what can you do for yourself this week what can you do that's not for the house the kitchen, the children, the husband, what can you do for you that you mm-hmm. get joy out of? Yeah, yeah that's great. And, and often I, it's been so long, they have to really think, think about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I think, you know, one of my intentions, you know, this year is, you know, to to make that 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 15 minutes a day of, of you know, just just me time. And whether it's, you know, a devotional, whether it's a mm-hmm. walk, whether it's you know yeah that extended you know time in the in the tub but just you know committing to you know at mm-hmm. least 15 minutes sometimes more if you can you know carve out that more but you know we right. all can make 15 minutes right. you know to to take care of you know take care of ourselves and then chunking out you know another time at least once in the week whether it's 60 minutes or 90 minutes to really right. you know kind of you know have a, a longer time maybe on Saturday or Sunday or a day off to again do something that is just for mom <laughs> just for me just for you exactly so that's yeah absolutely great. I'm that's big supporter of that and then you come out of that mm-hmm. feeling rejuvenated and recognized and you're able to give give more so Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. So is, you know, are there any, you know, last words that uh, you, you know, have for us or for moms, you know, whether it's, you know, in the season of life or something you've learned about yourself as a mom or the best part of motherhood to wrap us up on? <laughs> I would say find that thing that you love the most Whatever that is, don't necessarily have to wait for somebody to get it for you. If you if you love flowers, get some flowers. Mm-hmm. A simple thing when you pop to the local supermarket, you know, whatever that simple thing is that you like for yourself, go for it and do that. And also, I would say, breathe, mm-hmm. breathe, step back, have a look at the situation, whatever it is. Maybe go to another room and come back and reassess it. Everything, for the most part, unless it's life or death, usually doesn't have to be that critical right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes in the heat of the moment, it's hard to do that. But, you know, 
take a step back and I'm rooting for you and you're going to, we're all going to get through this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Take a, you know, taking a breather. I mean, there's so much that can happen if we just take that pause. And I definitely, you know, echo that sentiment in that, like you said, most things can, can wait for five minutes. <laughs> Right. If someone's Most yeah, things not can wait. Or, yes. And oftentimes if we take a break, right. you know, everybody, you know, the child, you right. ask the child to go to their room, when you walk away, and everybody is better able to come back after that pause. Right. That breath. And everybody can think a little more clearly and be in a little more control over whatever the the meltdown situation was, you know, that was the right. end of the world, right. you know, five minutes earlier. And sometimes you're the one that needs the timeout, not necessarily yes. the kids. And and if you're in a position and your children are at an age and stage and uh, safety is not compromised, that perhaps you just take yourself mm-hmm. under the room and close the door and give yourself a timeout. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We, we can all benefit from a few minutes of a long time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in the heat of the moment. Great. Well, thank you, Lee. Why don't you tell us, you know, how people can get a hold of you or find out more about working with you? Certainly. You can reach me through my Facebook page. I have a coaching page on there with my name, Lee's Nutrition and Coaching. I have a Instagram page, which is called the California Way, W-E-I-G-H. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a couple of ways and certainly my phone as well. Yeah. Happy to chat and and uh, encourage women and support for sure. Love to help women on the journey. It's so exciting to get people to a place they want to go. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and that comes through in your voice and your smile, and we all really appreciate that. And we all have those those details on the page along with the yes. podcast, so people can can get a hold of you and. Oh, and, and, you know, in terms of kind of word of the year, you know, uh, renew, any closing words that have to do with renew? To do with renewing, I would say for me, my word would be balance. And just, you know, going back to taking a breather, taking a step back, but just, just to have balance. You know, we all, we all need a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And just to... You know, we're all going to get through this and then just take stock, take step back and take stock and, and have balance in all things. It can't be all work, can't be all stress. We've got to have some fun. We've got to have some laughs. Um, there got to be some highs as well as some lows. Yeah, balance. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lee. You're almost welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.